you guys can go ahead and get your scripture out, get your uh, Bible out, or go to your version Bible app. We're going to be uh, in Mark 4. Um, yesterday, uh, in case you don't know, uh, we have a miniature potbelly pig. Her name is Petunia. I actually have a video that my, my little girl shot of it yesterday. Uh, that's Petunia, slow motion grazing in our grass in our backyard in case you thought you might show up today and actually see a miniature pig on the screen uh, this morning. Yeah, there she goes. She, uh, she named her Petunia Godzilla is what she named her off that video. And so uh, we have this pig. We love this pig. It's so much fun. We also have four goats and chickens and turkeys and it's just a kind of a mad house uh, back there. And yesterday, uh, Kelly, my wife, is getting ready to leave to go get our daughter from a practice. And we're standing in the kitchen, just kind of working through our schedule for the day, making sure we know like where we're supposed to be, all those different things. And uh, she says, oh my gosh, the pig is in our next door neighbor's backyard and it's going into the garage. You got to go out there. I'm like, okay, all right, all right. So I walk out there and going up their driveway and, um, and, and you could hear Petunia crying. If you know what a potbelly pig, they, they cry a lot of times when they get hungry. So we hear the, you know, off in the distance. So I walk up and my neighbor's out working on his truck and, and he's got his friend there, his buddy there. And, and, and I walk up and I say, uh, hey guys, um, you hadn't seen a potbelly pig running around here anywhere, have you? And the buddy says, huh? A pig like that one? And points over into my pen where the pig stays and there's petunia and he says all we've got over here is my overweight dachshund my wife saw the dachshund run from the fence dart across their driveway and go into their garage the point of that is this is that what she saw wasn't really what it actually was And as we approach the parables of Jesus, we talked about this last week, that we oftentimes with the parables of Jesus have to do a double take. That what we see at first is not really uh, all that is there, and we need to do a double take so that we can really understand this is what Jesus is talking about. Last week, we talked about four hearts, a calloused heart, a cosmetic heart, a crowded heart, and a cultivated heart. It's right here at the beginning of Mark chapter 4. I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast and catch up on that if you want to. You can even now, this is cool, go to our Vimeo page, vimeo.com slash gracehill901 and check out the message videos if you want to. That's kind of fun. And so we're working hard to get all those updated. Um, This week, we are turning our attention away from the parables that Jesus was speaking on last week, talking about the heart to some teaching that he's going to do on the kingdom of God. Now remember back to Mark 1, three and a half months ago when we were in Mark 1, and Jesus said, the kingdom of God is near. This was his announcement. This was his proclamation. And now he's he's turning his attention, and he's going to begin to through parables. And it's going to require us to do a double take. Look at what Jesus says about his purpose of bringing, of ushering in the kingdom of God. And what does this mean? And why does it matter for you and for I in our lives? Now, it's helpful when we think about the kingdom of God is to think about it with these two words around it, is that it is already and not yet. That that the kingdom of God is, is already here, That that when Jesus Christ came to this earth, he died, he rose again. There was an element of the kingdom of God that he ushered in. 
But the fullness of the kingdom of God is not yet. And so we live how the, the, the Jewish people were living at the time of Scripture, where they were waiting on the Messiah. We are waiting on the return of the Messiah. We are in the already. There are parts of the kingdom of God that are here, and they are real, and they are tangible. But we also live in the not yet. And so there's going to be some of this that as we go through today is part of the already. I mean, this is, this is part of what we're living in right now. This is the hope that we have as we think about the people of God living in the kingdom of God. And then there's parts of this that you're going to go, ah, not yet. We, we've got some work to do there. We, we, we've got some, some praying to do to hope to see this expressed and happen in our community as we think about the kingdom of God. And so... Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 21. This is Jesus continuing on, and he says this. He also said to them, a lamp is brought in to be put under... uh, I'm sorry, let me back up. He also said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed? Isn't it to be put under a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden that will not be revealed and nothing, that, uh, nothing concealed that will not be brought to light. So if you've got your note sheet this morning, your handout you got when you're walking in, or if you're taking notes, the first blank that you can fill in as we're thinking and talking about the kingdom of God is this, is that the kingdom of God is to be revealed. It is to be revealed. He's comparing the kingdom of God to the metaphor of the light. Now, this is several times Jesus uses metaphors and he uses tangible, real things to help us understand. Oh, this is what he means. And Jesus in this moment is saying, hey, the kingdom of God, it is to be revealed to you and to I and to the world. Now, we experience light every day, do we not? Every single day we experience light. You walk into a dark room, you bring a candle in, you ask like I get to do now, you ask Alexa to turn on a light, which is just super cool, isn't it? And what happens? Light is revealed to the room. But, but here's why there's, there's, when we look at our world around us and we go, ah, Man, people, they're, they're so resistant to this idea of the kingdom of God, the people of God, the, the good news of the gospel of Jesus. Here's why. is because when Jesus uses this idea of, the, of light to describe the kingdom of God and that it is to be revealed, here's what we know about light. Light exposes good things. But what does light also do? It can expose bad things. And our hearts humanity's hearts are in our in our state in our sinful state it is so against the things in our lives the habits the hobbies the thoughts the things we give ourselves over to the light of the kingdom of god shining brightly into those areas Jesus entered the world, and when he entered the world, he brought his light, the light of the kingdom of God into this world. I just want to read one scripture very quickly. John 1, verse 4. In him was light, and that life was the light of men. Verse 5, it's not up on the screen, but verse 5 says this. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. 
When Jesus came to this earth, he brought the light of the kingdom of God. And he says, this light is meant to be revealed. This kingdom, it is meant to be revealed. And there was no greater display of that than when Jesus went to the cross and overcame sin. He overcame death. He overcame the distance that you and I had to him so that he could reconcile humanity back to God. And then here's the craziest part. We now, as children of God, if you've surrendered your life to him, as you have given your life to him, you now become representatives to the world for the light of the kingdom of God. You now become representatives to reveal the kingdom of God to the world around you through the message of Jesus Christ. You get to be the light of the world. And if you go, man, you're just making this up, I want to take you to a few places. First one is this, Matthew 5. This is Jesus teaching the middle of the Beatitudes here, the Sermon on the Mount. He says this, you are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. I love what the Apostle Paul wrote in Colossians 1. He writes this in in, in chapter 1 of Colossians, starting in verse 13. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness This is the beautiful exchange that happens in the kingdom of God. This is the beautiful exchange that happens because of Jesus went to the cross. Paul says this, he has rescued us from the domain of darkness. And what has he done? He has transferred us into the kingdom of the son he loves. In him, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And then Paul also wrote in 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse, uh, actually I'm going to start down in verse 20, but in your note sheet, you can go back and read starting up in verse 16, it says this, starting in verse 20, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal, his appeal of the kingdom, his appeal of the reconciliation for the world, he's making that appeal through us. We plead on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. This is the light that we carry and this is the message that we carry to the world. Be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God, the kingdom of God. It is meant to be revealed. It is meant to be revealed through your life Because of the power of Christ and the Holy Spirit working through you. But it's not only that. Jesus doesn't just teach that. But he also goes on and he teaches back in Mark 4. The kingdom of God is to be revealed. But the kingdom of God guarantees a reward. I love this. This is so cool. He says this. Starting in verse 23. If anyone has ears to hear, let him listen. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. By the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and more will be added. For whoever has, more will be given to him, 
And whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. The kingdom of God is a kingdom with benefits. It is a kingdom that guarantees a reward for our life. It is a kingdom that carries a reward. But this reward isn't stuff. The reward of the kingdom of God is not stuff. It is a better grasp. It is a better knowledge. It is a better experience of the kingdom of God itself. But there is effort that we have to put in it. And Jesus describes this. Now, make no mistake, this is not an effort to receive salvation. This is not an effort to be transferred into the kingdom of God, uh, into the kingdom of the son of the one that he loves. It's not that. But once we have been transferred in, Jesus says this. He says, pay attention to what you hear. By the measure you use of your hearing, of your understanding, it will be measured to you and more will be added to you. The knowledge of the kingdom, understanding of the kingdom, wisdom of the kingdom, there is a reward that comes with with effort, with work, with diligence as we study scriptures, as we dig in, as we surround ourselves in godly community, there is a benefit, a reward that comes from that. Jesus said, more will be added. I love the way the New Living Translation uh, renders this text of scripture. Listen to this in the New Living. Then he said, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen the more understanding you will be given. And you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have, it will be taken away from them. There is a reward. There is a reward for embracing the kingdom of God, for being diligent as we pursue the kingdom of God, as we pursue Jesus. There is a reward. But Jesus also warns us that if we don't take the responsibility that we carry seriously, that not even listening, not taking what we do grasp, and we use that to, to reveal the kingdom of God to others, if we don't take what we do grasp and we apply it to our lives and we diligently pursue Christ with all of our hearts, the warning here that Jesus is pointing us to is that that even will be taken away at the final judgment. Now again, don't make a mistake. Don't make the mistake. I 100% believe that you have eternal security, that your future rests in Christ. But Jesus is pointing us here He is pointing us to the benefits of the kingdom of God, of a deeper understanding, a deeper knowledge, a a deeper reality as we look around the world and we go, wow, God is at work around us. When we take what we hear, when we take what we see and we apply it and we do our due diligence with it. Last week we talked about the, 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 the payoff, the bottom line for last week was cultivate a passion for the word of God. Know it, engage with it, study it, live it out and begin to see what changes in your life. 
Begin to see the realities of the world around you change as you begin to live out Scripture and you begin to live out the teachings of Jesus and his word. There's a benefit for that. I love the way that N.T. Wright words this uh, as as he makes a quote about this passage of Scripture. He says this, It's rather, again, a promise and a warning, both of which are amplified in the final little saying. If they grasp what Jesus is saying and go deeper and deeper into it, they will get more and more from it. And let me just say this. I want this for your life. I want this for your life. I don't want any person at this church who comes and they sit here, they serve, they go to a life group, they, they, they try to take the, 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 the little resources that we're able to give. I don't want anybody a year from now to say, you know, I just, I just don't feel any closer to Jesus. I just don't feel like I'm, I'm walking with him better today. I want every single person six months, a year, two years from now to look back on their life and go, man, the joy of Jesus is more than I could have ever imagined. The fellowship with Jesus is more than I could have ever imagined. Oh, through the great days and through the dark days. Why? Because you're hearing, you're seeing, you're digging deep you're living it out applying to your it to your life and jesus says there is a benefit there is a reward that comes with the kingdom of god now we know that the the final reward is eternity and this is where we get caught in the already and the not yet you see, many of us, as we look at Jesus, as we look at Christ, we think, oh, this is just our get out of, our get out of hell free ticket card. And we miss the, the already. We miss the here and now because we're just waiting for the not yet. We're just waiting for the, the final judgment. We're ra- waiting on, maybe your term is the rapture to happen. But Jesus says, no, there is a reward. There is a benefit now, today, in the kingdom of God. Jesus goes on. He doesn't just stop there. Mark 4, starting in 46, 26, I'm sorry. He says this, the kingdom of God is like this. He said, a man scatters seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises day and night. The seed sprouts and grows, although he doesn't know how. The soil produces a crop by itself. First the blade, then the head, and then the full grain on the head. As soon as the crop is ready, he sends for the sickle because the harvest has come. Now, this is another one of those classic parables where you go, yeah, Jesus. I mean, yeah, we get it. We got it. And we have to do a double take. What's really going on here, Jesus? What are you really communicating? This is what Jesus is saying here, is that the kingdom of God is a miracle. The kingdom of God is a miracle. I love that Jesus says the man scatters the seed and goes to sleep. The kingdom of God is a miracle. It is a miracle apart from our own understanding. He says in 27, he sleeps and rises night and day. The seed sprouts and grows, although he doesn't know how. The kingdom of God is a supernatural act of God. 
It is the work of him. And the point of this parable isn't the farmer and it isn't the soil as we talked about last week in that parable. This is different. It is the miracle of the growth of the seed beyond our understanding. And doesn't this confront our modern thinking as well? Our modern thinking, you know, again, the the idea of mystery and and miracles and supernatural, I mean, uh, they were way more that type of society 2,000 years ago than we are today. Nowadays, if I can't understand it, if it's not tangible, if, if I can't pick it apart, then it must not be true, it must not be right, and it must not be real. And I want to say that is arrogant thinking when we come and we approach the kingdom of God. Yes, we can understand, but we will never understand all of it because the kingdom of God is a mystery. It is a mystery of how it grows and it spreads, how, how, it, how it goes into parts of the world. And that is apart from our understanding. There are places right now in the world where the kingdom of God is just like the seed. It is sprouting up and we have nothing to do with it. Because it is apart from our understanding because it is a miracle in and of itself. Jesus says that. He says the soil produces a crop by itself. You look at places like China. And all the government oppression, all the, all the regulations that are put on the freedom of religion and, and liberty. And where is the church just blowing up, expanding rapidly? It's there. And, and you go, how is that even possible? It's the mystery of the kingdom of God. And what Jesus often does in that context, and we miss it when we read it, we think, oh, he's just talking about the harvest. He's just talking about agriculture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many times what Jesus does is he connects what he's doing with Old Testament prophecies that were foreshadowing the coming Messiah. If you want to go with me real quickly to Joel. Joel three thirteen. Listen to this. See if this doesn't sound familiar. Swing the sickle because the harvest is ripe. Come and trample the grapes because the winepress is full. The wine vats overflow because the wickedness of the nations is extreme. This is when Jesus is coming. This is the harvest. He told his disciples, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. And he's saying this is a mystery of God. It's a mystery of how Christ came. He was was incarnated. He came fully God and fully man. And we go, that is so beyond our comprehension. That's right. It's because there are mysteries that we will never fully grasp in the already. And we may not even grasp in the not yet. Because the kingdom of God is a mystery. I gotta give you the last thing and then we gotta end. Here's, here's the, the last kingdom parable that Jesus communicates this, this, to us this morning. Is this, this, the kingdom of God is shade and rest for the world. Mark 4, verse 30 through 32, he says this. And he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God or what parable can we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed that when sown upon the soil is the smallest of all seeds on the ground. 
And when sown, it comes up and grows taller than all the garden plants and produces large branches so that the birds of the sky can nest in his shade. He's describing the effects of the kingdom of God. That that the kingdom of God, it it is rest and shade for the world. And and I want to say this morning, if you're discouraged when you look around the world, and you don't see this happening the way you think it should. And, and maybe part of that is you're a skeptic and you just go, man, I just don't know that I can believe Jesus because I see evil and pain and suffering. And I want to encourage you this morning to dig a little deeper into that idea. The presence of evil and suffering does not mean the absence of a good God. Jesus is giving us a description here of what us as ambassadors, image bearers, as we embrace the kingdom and seek to live out the kingdom in the already that our lives, the kingdom of God on, on our little street corner, it should be rest and shade for the world. Remember, the kingdom of God is already and not yet. And we look through a veiled view, a not complete view yet of the kingdom, but we see a tiny bit of the kingdom in our community and in our lives, in our church. We get to experience this and we hold on to this and we, 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 we thank the Lord for this. We sing, we worship because of the kingdom of God and the way that it is, it is working and growing and sprouting and it gives rest and it gives shade to the world. He's painting a picture here for us to emulate. And it won't fully be realized. It won't fully be realized until the kingdom of God is is fully here. But we get to participate in that now as we reveal the kingdom of God. Part of that is, is that people come and they go, wow, I've never been loved like that. Wow, I've never been embraced like that. I've never been cared for like that. I'll give you one example of, of where I think many of us, if we were paying much attention this week, at least on social media, where maybe we saw this is that with the tornado tragedy in Nashville, that the first people on the ground, I got a call Tuesday morning from a buddy of mine who heard about the tornado Monday night, middle of the night, got in his van, got in his truck and drove to Nashville to basically be there ready. And he couldn't believe what he saw. The churches were already coming out. They were the first people there. I read a post this morning that said there were all of these disaster relief teams that came in. These professional disaster relief teams drove into Nashville. And when they got there, some of the authorities on the ground were turning them away. Why? Because the church had already showed up and provided rest and shade for the world. And so we see that and we say, yes, God. That is you working through your people to reveal the kingdom of God to the people around us. It's not just, well, I got to go out there and move some debris. No, it is the people's hearts being stirred to be rest and to be shade for the rest of the world. So I want to ask you this question. In, in our little corner of the kingdom, our little street corner of the kingdom that we've got here at Grace Hill Church, how would you rate us on this? How are we doing on this part? Are we being rest and shade to our community, to our people? Uh, could, Could we possibly even do a little bit better in this week? You see, this begins with having our hearts awakened to the reality 
of what Jesus Christ has done. That's why in just a minute we're going to go and we're going to take the Lord's Supper. It's because we don't want to forget the sacrifice of Jesus. This isn't a ritual. This isn't just something that's on the service order and so we just go do it. No, it's because the basis of our faith, the basis of what we believe as followers of Jesus, the the foundation for the kingdom of God is the body and the blood broken and poured out for us. And when our hearts come alive to that, then, then, only then, can we really be the people who go out and we say, hey, we want to provide rest and shade for a weary world. We, we want to go out and we want to gather as many as we can and say, come, experience what I have experienced. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And so this morning, the challenge is simply this. Because all four of these realities are true, but they may not be realities that you have embraced or are willing to embrace yet. So the challenge this morning is this, as we're getting ready to transition to the Lord's Supper, is this. Is your heart awakened to the hope that we have in Jesus? Hey, thanks for listening to the Grace Hill Podcast. We really hope you found this message compelling and inviting. If you'd like to connect with someone to find out more about Grace Hill Church, or maybe discuss this episode or something else about life or faith, please don't hesitate to reach out to us directly at gracehill901.com. We'd really love to connect and discuss anything with you. And please remember, you matter. You matter.